Jennifer Zamparelli. Weekday morning from nine on 2FM. Jennifer Zamparelli, 2FM. Good morning. Now, just to let you know and give you a warning that my next conversation might be upsetting to some listeners. The daughter of a County Roscommon man who died after he was attacked by an aggressive pet rooster last April wants to share her story. Virginia Guinan, good morning. Hi, good morning, Jennifer. First of all, my deepest condolences on the passing of your father, and I just want to thank you for having this conversation with us this morning. Virginia, can can you tell us what happened to Jasper? Um, so basically, it all started off, we got this um, rooster for my daughter, yeah. um, a trio, two hens and a rooster. And we had intentions of showing them in the future, and it's basically a hobby to earn some pocket money for, you know? Yeah. And um, basically, we had the rooster out in the side garden, and one day, out of the blue, I was out gardening, and the rooster actually jumped the wall and knocked my daughter. Um, I heard a loud merciful scream out of her. I turned around, and he was actually up on top of her back. And bear in mind, I bought in this rooster as a six-month-old, so I didn't actually expect this to happen. Like, you know, obviously I didn't know his history, but Mm -hmm. I thought because of the breed of Brahma, they're a laid-back, docile breed, it'd be perfect for a child. And turned around anyway, I went over and I literally ran at the rooster. I put him flying across the garden. And this rooster then got moved um, to my father's house because my father's housemate actually kept ferrets and he was to be put down. Um, considering he left a scrape under my daughter's eye and scrapes all over her back, I was absolutely through the roof. I was extremely angry at the Tuesday. I can imagine. How old yeah. was your daughter? She was only three. Oh, no. Yeah. That must so have been was, terrifying. Oh, it was, yeah. And she was terrified, the poor thing. She, oh, my heart was broken. Yeah absolutely broken I disinfected the wounds everything and I was like that rooster's gone <laughs> yeah absolutely. first thing I decided and um, when I went down to dad's house anyway um, the housemate said look at you know um, I'll get him ready we'll put him down and feed him to the ferrets and, like it's recycling you know you're not just disposing the bottom sure. body it's normal you know <sighs> and basically um, my dad seen him and he was like he's a stunning bird you know I do not want to put him down I have hens let him run with the hens he'll be happy out you know Mm-hmm. and um, he said, like, Josie won't be in the garden, so it'll be okay. And that was grand. A couple of months later, um, unfortunately, poor Dad now, um, he lost his Yorkshire Terrier the day before he passed away. Um, he had her for 20 years, and she was a big part of his life. Like, wow. you know, um, I, I remember since first year, and um, it broke his heart. He was inconsolable that night, you know, the night before. He was just heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And um, the following day, I'd done a shopping like I did normally because I was his carer. And I dropped off the shopping at 12, went back home, um, got a phone call basically at quarter to three that they were commencing CPR and dad. And when I got to the house, basically, um, there was two ambulances. There was, um, I pulled up at the same time as the guards. I was met by the housemate in tears. He gave me a hug saying, it's not good, it's not good. Um, I proceeded to the back door where I found a trail of blood. And this trail of blood actually went out to the chicken run out in the side garden. And I was like, this is strange. There's no wire out here. There's nothing. It had to have been something else. So we just had a quick look around and something just clicked with me about that rooster. You know, and so I got back, seeing what the paramedics were doing. They had the CPR machine on his chest, which was traumatising. And um, the paramedics came out and they said, like, there's too much blood. There's too much blood. 
Um, I said he was late stage heart failure that I knew that the CPR would be unsuccessful. And um, I decided to go around to the front door where at this stage my husband and my eight-month-old daughter showed up. And I looked inside and it was just dark. You know, there was no colour in the house. It was the warmest April you could remember. And it was just dark in the house. It was blue. It was grey. And um, straight ahead of me, I seen the blood around the um, stairs. I seen my father's feet. And um, it was it was terrible. I was at least an inch, inch and a half to two inches deep on the ground. And, you know, I just went into the living room kind of to compose myself. And, like, the fire was still on. It was hot. The change from his shopping was still on the table. His phone was on the table. And his coffee was still warm. Like, I, I didn't believe what was happening. And so I proceeded to go back outside to see what the paramedics were doing. And at this stage, I seen them turning off all the machines and kind of packing up. And I kind of repeated three times to the paramedics, is it called? Is it called? Is it called? And the third time he looked at me and he just, he nodded his head. And um, I broke down. My husband hugged me at the time. And I was like, I was saying to myself, is this real? Is this actually happening? Considering that the day before my best friend lost her mother, at six o'clock, I was getting ready to console her, never mind dealing with the passing of my own father. So within 23 hours, we both lost our parents. And I was like, I was on absolute adrenaline mode. Um, we proceeded to go, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You, you said there, I'm just, I, I can't yeah. believe what you've had to go through and just yeah. to be in that situation with yeah. someone so close to you, like a parent. But you had this feeling about the rooster. Why, why yeah. was that? Because he attacked my daughter. Yeah. And it was April. It was breeding season. And roosters can become extremely territorial. So during the winter seasons, they're kind of like, they're docile, they're quiet because they're not territorial. You know, and then yeah. coming to the springtime, it's a whole different situation. They want to be the king. They want to walk around. They want to keep all the hens to themselves. And then that day when dad went out, um, Crystal was buried in the field and that's the reason he was out in the side garden because he went out to see her grave and when he turned to walk back in we suspect that's when he got him well by the start of the blood anyway um, we proceeded to check all the birds like that had turkeys, geese, hens um, plus the housemaid had a couple of birds so we had to check everything and when we picked up the Brahma the one I suspected um, now this is a white bird so blood would be very visible Um the leg, we picked up the leg, you could see the spur, which is like an inch and a half, like pencil sticking out of his leg, and it's rock hard. You know, you need a saw to cut it, they're, they're so strong. Um, basically, there was dried blood on it, and dried blood drop going inside the leg. And I just looked at Niall and Corey, and I was like, yeah, that's it. That's, this is the culprit. How did the rooster cause such a, a devastating injury to your father? Um, basically, so you can imagine an inch and a half, like, basically knife, circle knife going into a leg, you know, and considering my father, he was on blood thinners. Um, he was also, um, his heart failure, the type he had, he could push blood, but he couldn't pull it as good. So that was a second factor. And to imagine, dad was out in the outside pen and he ran back into the house. You could see where the rainbows were on the ground. And when he got back in, that blood would have been fairly coming down because he was, obviously, because he was a tall man and because of the angle he was at. Whereas if he laid down probably and put his legs straight up in the air, he might have had a chance. But with the rooster, I don't think that would have been possible. Um, he went in, he got help off the housemate and he went down, he went back up, got his phone, rang for an ambulance straight away. 
and commenced CPR. Okay. Yeah, so there was just one wound on his leg, you know, on a little scrape. There was nothing major. It, okay. Um, where is the bird now? What happened um, after that? Well, after that, obviously, the, nobody knew what to do. The guards didn't know what to do. We had... Um, the guards kind of had to call someone to come down and take photos. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to do an autopsy on Dad, so a special coroner had to come. Like, I was just after losing my dad, and I had six or seven different numbers I had to call, things I had to arrange. And in all this, I was thinking, what's going to happen after? Like, do you know, what's going to happen after? What's going to happen with the blood? And um, I have asked this to the guards, and the guards said, we'll see what we can do. So they were making phone calls. So in the meantime... They're like, do we contact the department? Do we contact the vet? I was like, no, I'm going to put down this rooster myself. That's what I said. I'm going to put him down. And I said, we'll have to get the HSA to investigate and everything because it was on a farm and stuff. So um, basically, Dad's body went after the photos were taken, everything. And the guards were there. And they said, unfortunately, um, we have nobody to clean up the blood. Um, If it was a murder or a malicious event, it was covered. They would have arranged a crime scene cleanup crew to come in and to clean up the blood. Yeah. Now I find this uh, yeah. one of the most disturbing parts yeah. of, of your story, be- yeah. and, and it's something that you want to highlight and you really exactly. want to change is that you yourself had to clean up all My the blood, blood at the scene where your father had died. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, I was in there, for, like picking up dads, like puppy pads. And I had the guards at the door literally crying at me. They said, would you not do it tomorrow? I said, if I do this tomorrow, it's going to be dried in like tar. So I proceeded. I started scooping up blood. Um, scooped up Dad's nightgown, his slippers, putting them all in the wheelie bin. Like, bear in mind, I begged the crime scene crowd to come and clean this up. And they can't. They can't. It would have been a thousand euros basic price for them to come. And then not to mention the amount of blood. So they'd have to have special cleanup for the blood and special chemicals and stuff. And also, Virginia, it's uh, even in your emotional state. And yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's an awful thing to ask someone else to do yeah. as yeah. well. So you probably yeah. thought, well, there's no one else but me to do this. Yeah. So not only did you have to do that, then you had to have the, the rooster put down. Was that soon yeah. after? Because I suspect with children around the place, you wanted that done quickly. I, as soon as my husband brought the two girls home, the two girls home, um, I went out and I, I put them down myself. And basically, um, I, I know I'm not going to be uh, graphic about how i done it, but basically he's put down, do you know, because I know yeah. there's going to be some people out there, oh, it wasn't the rooster's fault, it wasn't the rooster's fault, this rooster had history, and at the end of the day, he did kill, he did put a hole in my father's leg, and that caused a secondary heart attack, and that's what killed him. You know, so it wasn't just, oh, the poor rooster, like, you know, I've seen all this on the internet, they don't understand, they weren't there, they didn't go through it, they do not understand. How have you been well, <laughs> after that, um, dealing with dad's blood and everything, I have photographic memory. I have PTSD. So you can imagine going for weeks, not being able to sleep, flashbacks, flashbacks. Um, well, I was getting better. I was, I'm going to Vita House. I'm going to um, a mental health nurse in Banislaw. Okay. And I have decided that if I'm going to do anything with this story is to make change, to raise awareness um, on two issues and I actually have already made steps 
um, I've been in contact with a senator and this senator is bringing to Simon Harris about the fact that something needs to be put in place. That basically in the event of an accidental or a suicide even or a misadventure death, um, that the same measures can be put in place for a crime-based death. That the guards can arrange a clean-up crew to come out and to clean it up and the family member doesn't have to deal with that. To be honest with you, Virginia, I think we all presume that happened anyway. Yeah, a lot of people have. And would you be surprised? We are a quite minority of people that had to go through this. How are you meant to grieve after scooping your father's blood off the ground? How is a mother or a father or a sibling meant to grieve after cleaning up after a suicide? There is nothing in place. There is nothing in place. And these people are left to suffer. It's awful. It's awful it's, to it's hear. Terrible. Uh, and uh, I mean, the trauma of losing your father is yeah. is one thing. Having to witness uh, the scene where yeah. it happened, you were very descriptive in describing the house and, and what yeah. you witnessed, and then having to go in and and yeah. clean up. It's just it doesn't bear yeah. thinking about. Does yeah. telling your story help? Yeah, yeah, it does because I believe in talk therapy. All my life, I have believed in talk therapy. It is the cure. I was offered now top shelf medications, everything. I refused. I said, the way I get over things is to talk. And I think everyone who has issues with anxiety, mental health, talking is the cure. It really is. It's helped me. It's helped me get over some very hard things in my life, but I have got over them. Especially in the case of we had the inquest two weeks ago. I decided to stand up in the coroner's court, explain what happened and why I had to do it. And I had their full support. Um, the coroner said, thank you for speaking so eloquently on this cause. We will document it. The guards afterwards shook my hand, said, yes, there needs to be change. They agreed. So that's why I decided to go on with this. I can leave a legacy behind that another family member doesn't need to go through this. Like, you can just imagine that morning of the inquest, I looked in my daughter's eyes and I just imagined, can you imagine if they ever had to do go through what I went through? It's not right, it's not fair, and it shouldn't happen. You know? I, I think you're extremely brave uh, and Thanks. a really strong individual to, first yeah. of all, do what you did mm-hmm. and to keep telling your story. And I just yeah. want to say I'm so sorry what happened to your father yeah. and to you yeah. and what you had to go through. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking with us this morning. And mind yourself. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thanks, Virginia. Thanks for coming Thank on the so show. Thank you so much for everything. Bye, love. Thank you. Bye, Thanks. bye-bye. Bye, bye-bye. There we go. That was Virginia uh, Guinan speaking with us there about the dangers of keeping uh, birds after an aggressive rooster attacked and fatally injured her father, Jasper. Last April, it happened. And even more disturbing is just highlighting the need for change in the expectation of a family member like her having to clean up blood of a loved one after a tragic accident. It really doesn't bear thinking about. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. You can get in touch with the show 51552. You can also mail me jen at rt.ie. We'll be back after this. Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from 9. On 2FM.